Welcome to Warsaw Evangelical Presbyterian Church's podcast. We'd love to worship with you today. Oh, great. What a great introduction to uh, the things that we're going to be talking about together this morning. So, morning. How's everybody doing today? Feeling good? I'm feeling a little bit froggy in the throat this morning. I think it's probably more because as you came in this morning, maybe you still smelled some of the wafting smells of last night. Uh, 16 chilies were on display last night. Great time together. Uh, There were lots of jokes about opening windows today in church, apologies to people sitting like in the balcony, things like that, but we don't need potty humor, right, before we come to God. So anyway, why don't we we begin our time together with a word of prayer? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for its power. We thank you, Lord, for uh, so much of what we have already experienced together in this morning's worship service, Lord, just kind of a flow through the liturgy, and Lord, a reminder of our forgiveness. And so now, Lord, as we turn to your word, we pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, God. Our desire is to know you more deeply, Lord, to be challenged in those areas where we need to be refined. And Lord, what we pray is that in this moment, as you speak to us, that, Lord, we would be reminded, as we've heard this morning, of not only who we are, but ultimately, Lord, of who you are. And, Lord, all of who we can be because of our Lord Jesus. And so we thank you and we praise you in that most wonderful name. Amen. If you've been with us over the past couple of weeks, we've uh, been working our way through a series of messages called Foundations. And the whole purpose of this series is really to be asking ourselves these questions of what is it that we are building our lives upon? You know, we can build a foundation built on all kinds of different things. And in some weeks, we've been watching an introductory video of kind of person-on-the-street interviews that remind us of what some people believe. And maybe some of that has resonated with, with what you believe. But what we've also been trying to say is that whatever it is that we are building our lives upon, what will you be able to stand on? Will it remain firm when the seasons of storm come? So if you're building your life on how you feel like you look, uh, how much money you feel like you need to have in your bank account, uh, based on what you think other people think about you, ultimately, or even, even what you, if you believe in God or not. When, when any of those things are taken away from you, will you be able to stand? Or, so often in the springtime when you see the rivers of the Mississippi rise and you see houses that are lifted off their very foundations and end up floating down the river, Are you in a place that when those seasons of storm come, that you will be able to stand? It's why we've been encouraging you over these past 
couple of weeks to build your life on the foundation of a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ. It's why we've spent time over the previous two weeks looking at the Apostles' Creed, trying to say here is the very foundation, the very fundamentals of our faith and what we believe. And what we were saying is that the Apostles' Creed doesn't take the place of Scripture. Rather, what it is is the foundations that we stand upon, that we believe in, taught by the Apostles, taught from Scripture. And what we've been trying to say is the reason why that's important is so that if uh, somebody tries to lead you astray, that you're going to be able to say, well, no, that's not what has been taught throughout the ages. Then last week, we celebrated the 504th anniversary of the Reformation. What we said was that those early reformers building on the Apostles' Creed, but then saying, no, we want to go back to what we said those five solas were, right? Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. And what we are trying to say is that those foundations of our lives can't just be built on a religion. There is no saving power in a religion itself, that really it is about a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You know, here's what's really so amazing is every week when our worship planning team gathers together we, uh, to plan out our morning services, talk about what's happened, uh, we always read a psalm together, and as we read a psalm together, we talk about well, what does it mean for us, what do we feel like it means for the way in which we lead worship. Here's what's so ironic is the psalm from this past week leading into this week was Psalm 46. Uh, psalm 46 is from the hymn, the, base, the hymn that we sang last week, A Mighty Fortress Is Our God a bulwark never failing is based on the psalm that we just so happened to read this past week. Now, the reason I got thinking about it was because do you think the psalmists would write psalms or hymn writers like Martin Luther would write hymns just based on a religion? Right? There's, there is no power in those words if it's just based on a religion, but well, boy, when it comes out of a relationship, when you see the, the psalmists or you see these hymn writers write these incredible words, it's because they have a relationship with God. The incredible uh, praise music that we sing, you know, it's not just based on religion. All of this comes about because of a relationship. And so that's what we want to build on this week as we continue in this sermon series on foundation is as we pick up another kind of brick or another piece of what does it mean for us to be in relationship with God? We want to spend some time this morning talking about this foundational element, this foundational piece of prayer. One of the things that you discover as you read scripture is before Jesus made really any decision in his life and ministry, he would always steal away and he would go and he would spend time with the father. You see how this gets back to the conversation that we were having last week. You know, a, if you're just following after a religion, it is not going to lead to a strong and vibrant prayer life. 
But if you have a relationship with God, just like you have a relationship with any other person, you're going to want to spend time with them. You're going to want to communicate with them. You're going to want to talk to them. That's really what we're talking about together this morning is having a relationship with God that leads to this strong prayer life. Now, this morning we're going to be using Matthew chapter 6 together. And so I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to give you just a little bit of background to what we're reading. This comes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And where we are in this section of Scripture is Jesus is talking about what does it mean to like live and give and pray, but to do it in a way that is not seeking to draw attention to yourself, but it instead is seeking to point all of the attention to God. You know, when you give, do you give in a way that says, hey, everybody, look at me? You know, when you fast, do you fast in a way that says, hey, everybody, look at me? Or when we pray, do we pray in a way that says, hey, everybody, I want you to see me? Now, we know what that's like in our culture, right? So much of our culture is driven towards this kind of look-at-me lifestyle, I want you to see a short 30-second ad. I've been looking for an opportunity to use this. This morning is the perfect opportunity because I think it's going to point to what we're going to talk about today. So direct your attention to the screens. 30 seconds. I just can't see myself at Planet Fitness. I mean, literally, there are enough mirrors because I need to be looking at me, 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 looking at you to see if you're looking at me. Then that means you won't be seeing me there anytime soon. Good, because we're Planet Fitness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, think about it, though. Isn't this so often the way in which we live, right? It's the way in which we operate. See, I want to see if you're looking at me. Well, I'm looking at you, right? Because so much of what we do in life can seek to say, I want you to see me. And this is what happens when we fall into the danger of just following after a religion. If it's all about a religion, what's going to happen is I want you to see me in the way in which I live. I want you to see the way in which I give. I want you to see the way in which I pray. We know churches can fall into this trap too, right? It's the cult of personality. It's how cool everybody is and how hip people are. And, you know, we kind of follow it's this look-at-me type of lifestyle. And yet it's so sordid sometimes when you think about what the American church can do, when you think of the rest of the world, people like worshiping in grass huts and on dirt floors. And like we complain about how comfortable our pews are or aren't, you know, like we complain about how hot our building is or how cold our building is. And I, I mean, I complain about those kind of things too. But I mean, think about the kind of external stuff that you and I so often think about. Beloved people, what people need to see is not our perfection. They need to see the perfection of Jesus, right? They need to have their attention not be on us, but instead, everything that we need to do needs to be vertically focused. But you know what was funny is, is watching that clip a few other times this week, um, one of the things that I thought about is how often you and I focus on, I want you to see me, but how is God in heaven saying, no, 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 you need to see me. 
right? I want you to look up and to see me. And I, I really think that Jesus is calling us to a kingdom lifestyle, to a vertical lifestyle. And that's really what the Lord's prayer is all about. It is keeping us vertically focused and kingdom-minded. Now, if you've got your Bibles open, I want to invite you, we're going to be looking together at verses 5 to 15. Of course, if you don't have your scripture open, you can look at the screen behind me. But here now, the reading of God's, we're going to pick up at the fifth verse. Jesus says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words." Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And may God bless the reading of his word to our hearts and lives this morning. Hopefully you can get a sense of what Jesus is talking about here in verses 5 to 7, this kind of quote-unquote look-at-me type of lifestyle. And you and I know what this is like, right? You can go and turn on the TV and you will see athletes with a camera crew in tow going into hospitals and places. Uh, you can see politicians reading in front of children with the press corps along with them. And sometimes it makes you wonder, right, are you doing it so that other people will see you doing it, or are you doing it because you really want to do it? Now, that's not to cast judgment. Obviously, we don't know what people's hearts are, or where they're at, but it's just for us to be mindful of this. You know, you think about it now that we're kind of in this season where a lot of Hollywood movies are kind of gearing back up and starting back up again, you know, and along with that will come that, like the award shows and the awards seasons and, and the Oscars and the Golden Globes. And, you know, you think about awards that are made by people, given by people, you know, and, and then they will be, you know, received for things that are done on this earth. And you know that eventually they're going to be passed on to, to family members who will pass them on to family members and you know eventually they're going to end up in in a pawn shop somewhere <laughs> you know right I, I mean or just kind of sold off at an at an auction house there are awards that don't really in the end mean anything the reason why i'm talking about this 
not because we're saying we want to judge other people. In the end, only God knows our hearts. We're not to be the judge of other people's character and things like that. God, in the end, knows their hearts. He knows our hearts. But the reason is, is if you go back to uh, verse 1 of chapter 6, Jesus uses the word theothenai. Theothenai is where we get the word theater from. Uh, and it means a spectacle to be gazed at. So what Jesus is saying is the way in which you fast, are you simply trying to be a spectacle to be gazed at? The way in which you pray, do you simply want other people to see you? The way in which you give or fast, is like, is it all about just simply being a spectacle? And what Jesus is warning us of is, look, if you treat your relationship with God as nothing but theater, as nothing but a play, then guess what? The reward that you were actually after which was to have people notice you and say, wow, look at how holy they are. That's the reward you'll receive. But it doesn't mean that you will receive the ultimate reward that actually you and I should be after, that we shouldn't seek after the kind of things that ultimately are worthless, that we want to seek after God. Now, don't misunderstand me because I'm not saying that all public displays of righteousness are a bad thing. Even Jesus says that we are to let our lights shine before others in such a way that they will see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. But what we have to be aware of is that we live in a culture that's always pursuing the self and the self-glorification, and the self-gratification. And in the end, what Jesus is saying is it's not about glorifying yourself. It is about glorifying our Father. As I've said, we always have to remember that whenever you and I are acting in a way that says, hey, look at me, God is saying, uh-uh, look at me. And so that you and I are to be vertically focused in the way in which we live or give or pray. And that's the first thing. If you're following along and you want to take some notes this morning, it's the first thing that I want us to be aware of is this idea that praying the kingdom is vertical in its focus. All right, praying the kingdom is vertical in its focus. Notice what Jesus says in verses 5 to 8. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. What is it the context for you? In that day, as we've already heard, uh, the Jewish people would pray a number of times a day, like morning, afternoon, evening. Uh, they would maybe begin their prayers with like Shema Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. Uh, today they'll pray Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam. This idea, blessed are you, O Lord, our God, master, ruler, king of the universe. But what would happen is 
the, the people would often and the Pharisees would often go out in public and they would begin their prayers in a way that was saying, hey, I want you to see what I'm doing. They would make sure that they were in public places where people would be able to look at them like a spectacle and say, wow, look at how holy and righteous this person is. But as we've said, Jesus reminds us, yes, you have been heard, but it's by people and it's not by the Heavenly Father. If the reward you're after is the accolades of people, then you have received your reward in full. But it doesn't mean that God has heard or will reward you for what you're asking. Jesus says it is far better to simply lock yourself away in a room and to pray in private, not babbling away the same things that you just say over and over and over again. Instead, we simply talk to God in a way that is authentic, in a way that is tangible, in a way that simply says, Lord, I am in a relationship with you. And what Jesus says is God who hears us when we pray answers us. Now note this, it's not saying that public prayer is bad. All right. Um, I think sometimes we're afraid of praying in public, whether it's excuse me, around meals or whether you're with someone else because you're afraid of what other people are going to think of you, right? You don't want to be seen as the Jesus freak, and so you're a little worried about what people might think. Other times we're afraid of praying with other Christians because we think to ourselves, well, what are they going to think about what I'm saying, right? Instead of actually praying in agreement with other people, sometimes you're thinking, okay, while they're saying this, what should I pray next? And uh, I want it to sound eloquent, like, you know, these and thous and suchets, right? You know, like, you, you just start thinking. Instead of actually just praying in agreement, you just start thinking about, okay, what, how am I going to pray that's going to sound like it's good? And then we worry, like, hey, did, did that sound okay when I was praying? It's like, don't worry about that, you know? You're in conversation with the Father, and other people happen to be there with you. It's okay. But it's funny, we, we often can worry so much about what other people think. And ultimately, what it comes down to is the motivation of our hearts, right? Are our hearts in a place where it's pure? And that's why my sense is that Jesus gives us the perfect model by which to pray. And it's what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Now, why? It's because the Lord's Prayer is vertical in its focus. Really, it's about praying the kingdom. Notice what Jesus says in verses 9 to 15. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Notice how different this lifestyle of prayer is. It's not focused on, hey, God, look at me. All of this is saying, Lord, I want to look to you. Look at what it says. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Right? Now, 
right off the bat, we see the prayer is personal, right? Our Father. Now think about it. Do you, do you just pray like pater, right? Like Father, or do you pray in a way that's like Abba, Father, Daddy? Like think about the way in which you communicate with God depends on how you view God, right? So if you believe that God is just out there, God doesn't really care about you, well, then that's going to impact the way in which you pray. But if you believe God is like Father or he's like Daddy, that too is going to impact the way in which you pray. I mean, think about it. When your children call out like Father or Daddy or Mommy, Woo, your ears are instantly attuned to what it is that they need. It's that do we have that kind of view and that kind of relationship with God? Think about it. Because God is where? In heaven. God is all-powerful. God is sovereign. We believe that God is in control. We believe that his name is hallowed, that it is holy. It means we don't take God's name for granted. We don't take God's name in vain. It is the name that is above all names. And if it is the name above all names, what we know is that God alone is to be worshiped. So think about that. When we say our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, they're not just mere words. Think about what it is that we're actually praying. Then he follows it up. Your kingdom come not mine. Your will be done, not mine, on earth as it is in heaven. You know, if God's will is always done in heaven, we should be praying that God's will would always be done on earth and in our own lives. You know, one of the things that I'll often say about the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is that it's the constitution of the new kingdom. Like, when Jesus Christ comes again and establishes his eternal kingdom, it's like the Sermon on the Mount is how it's going to be. So we should be praying for that kingdom right now. And in many respects, the Lord's Prayer is the prayer then of the kingdom. It's asking for your will to be done always in everything as it will one day be here on earth. God, that's actually what we're praying right now to be able to say, I believe your plans are best for me. I believe they're what's best for the world. Not my plans because my plans are so often personal in nature. They're self focused instead of saying no 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 no, god i want you and your plans and your will to be done in my life i mean how often are we actually praying to ask god to bless our plans right saying lord this is the plan for my life this is what i would like would you come alongside of what my plan is instead of saying uh lord your will be done in my life and in this world and here's the truth is as we pray these things, God will give us those things that we ask. Notice what Jesus then says. He says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's be honest. When you and I pray, we usually don't pray for our daily bread. We pray for our bread for today and our bread for tomorrow and our bread for retirement right? Like, we don't pray. I mean, how many of us would actually simply pray, Lord, just give me enough for today. 
that's all I really need, right? That's, that's not the way we pray because we want to make sure that we have enough for tomorrow. Here's the interesting thing is, when we have enough for tomorrow and enough for the day after that and enough for the day after that, do we really need God for anything anymore? So there is something about saying, Lord, no, just give me enough for today. If it's just enough to get by, Lord, I'll be okay. That, that is a vastly different way for you and I to pray. And the thing is, God indeed knows what we need. And God does fulfill and give us what we need. Not always what we ask for, but what we need. Notice, Jesus says, forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Normally, what we do is we like to point out the flaws in other people, right? We like to point out what's wrong in other people and say, this is the way in which they've hurt me. And we see their brokenness. Very rarely do we ever want to actually point the fingers at ourselves and say, you know what? I've screwed up. I've made some mistakes. Lord, would you forgive me? That's why I'm so grateful that this morning we spent some time saying, Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, I confess the things that I have done or left undone. It's a moment for us just to pause and to reflect where we have that brokenness within us, where we have those areas and those moments where we've fallen short. Because if you don't ask for forgiveness, do you even... Okay, guys. How many of you ever get in trouble? Or, all right, we'll say it this way. How many of your kids have ever gotten in trouble? And, um, and they'll say, I'm sorry. And, and what's your um, spouse's response or what's the response you give to your kids? Like, do you even know what you're sorry for? <laughs> right? But that's the way it is. I mean, if we're, just, if we're just never saying, Lord, like I have screwed up and this is what I know I have done wrong, would you forgive me? Do we even know why we're asking God for forgiveness? Understanding that ultimately it's this forgiveness, this, as we heard this morning, this assurance of pardon that we have indeed been forgiven. Now, the Lord's Prayer also says, and lead us not into temptation, right? Or lead us not into a time of trial. It's the part of the prayer where we're asking for God's protection so that we're protected from all of the influences that we see around us, the influences that we see in the world. I want to be clear, though, when we say lead us not in temptation, we've talked about this before. God does not tempt us. That is the work of the enemy. That's Satan's role, but God can test us. And so for us to be able to say, Lord, you know what, keep me from those moments of temptation. Keep me, Lord, from those moments where I do feel like I'm being tempted, that I would be able to stand strong. And in the end, knowing if any of you have ever struggled with an addiction of some kind, it's not asking for your own control and your own power. It's saying, God, I need your power and I need your control, relying on your strength in order to overcome. And then we say this, for thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Now, traditionally, it's, it's not what we see here. Uh, as Jesus has mentioned, he talks a little bit more about the way in which we need to forgive sins. 
uh, and have our sins forgiven. But this is what we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's really powerful the way in which we close to be able to say, as we began, Lord, it's all about the kingdom. And it's all about that kingdom focus and that power. It's about saying, Lord, I know you ultimately are sovereign, that God, you are holy. And so, Lord, I want your name to be lifted up. I want your name to be more beautiful in people's eyes. And then to be able to say, Lord, amen, to know that it's saying, so let it be, may it be so in my life, to say all of these things that I have been praying, Lord, may they come to pass. Now, here's where I I'd at least want to make this comment, is that, you know, we don't want to treat the Lord's Prayer when we pray it because Jesus warns us about mindless babbling, right? So if you pray the Lord's Prayer and you're putting the same emphasis on the same syllable, like, every single time, you know, maybe there's something where you're just kind of going through the motions and you're not really thinking about what it is that you're praying. And so not to treat the Lord's Prayer as this mindless babbling, but to think about it as a template for the way in which we are to pray. To be able to say, Lord, in this moment, I want to focus on my relationship with you. I want to focus, God, on how I believe that you are sovereign, that you are holy, that you are in control. Maybe there are moments where you need to say, Lord, yes, indeed, give me my daily bread. Give me what I need for this day, Lord. Maybe there's moments where we do need to pause and say, Lord, would you forgive me? Would you forgive my sins? Lord, would you keep me from being tested? Would you keep me from feeling like I'm being tempted? I mean, think about the Lord's prayer as not just mindless babbling to pray it through, but to actually say, Lord, when I say these things, this is what I mean. And I think what ends up happening is it becomes a different way to pray, right? It's not just about, Lord, look at me. It's about saying, God, I want to look to you. And I want it, your kingdom to come. And I want your will to be done in this world and in my life. And I think that that's why this, this idea of this vertically, vertically focused lifestyle and this idea of being able to celebrate the Lord's Supper together today is such a powerful reminder of looking vertically, right? Of this vertical focus. And, and to pray into uh, what we talk about, the already and the not yet, that Christ's kingdom has come but it, one day when it fully comes, and this idea of this will always being done on earth as it is in heaven, like seeing this, this is what we remember when we come together to celebrate the Lord's Supper, that Jesus is saying this kingdom that I have brought, that I am bringing, that will find its fulfillment when I come again, that until you and I see Jesus Christ face to face, that we can gather at this table, that we can feast on his presence, that we can say, Lord, I know that you are here with me. Lord, would your will be done in my life? And would it be done in this world? Just a moment as we close in prayer, 
I want to give you an opportunity to pray, and we don't often pray the Lord's Prayer together. But as we close this morning, and as we begin to come to the table, I'd like to close saying together the Lord's Prayer, and why don't we use debts and debtors, all right, so that we'll be on the same page together. Would you pray with me? Lord, what we recognize is it is so easy for us to become self-focused, to treat our faith like theater. Lord, to be a spectacle to be gazed at. In the way in which we live, in the way in which we give, in the way in which we pray. But Lord, what we would ask is for forgiveness in those areas where we have fallen short. For the promise of the hope of the resurrection and the promise of eternal life. Lord, we pray that in everything that we do, that we may have that vertically minded focus. That, Lord, we would see you and only you. But to know, Lord, that as we are praying that you are in glory saying no Look at me, because I am where hope comes from. I'm where joy comes from. I'm where peace comes from. I'm where life comes from. And so, Lord, to stop pursuing the things of the world, but to say, no, Lord, in everything, my desire is to grow in that relationship with you. And so, Lord, we close this prayer with the prayer that you taught your disciples as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever.